0: I want to talk about a, an old Christian soldier. And uh, you're going to know who it is when I get to reading these scriptures. But it's, it's, it's an old soldier whose words that he spoke never faded away, but they're still out there today for us. His name was Paul. Yeah. Was Saul of Tarsus, but his name was changed to Paul the Apostle. And uh, he he gave some good insight into some things for us. I want to share it with you. John fifteen thirteen. I want to just read these verses. Greater love hath no man than this that he lay down his life for his friends. That's what we were celebrating today with our men and women that served in the armed forces. They were willing to lay down their lives, and many of them did lay down their lives. And uh, But greater love has no man than this. Romans 13 7 says, Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs are due, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor is due. You know, we need to remember that latter part. Honor to whom honor is due. That's why we honor the Lord. We honor our parents. Isn't that what the commandments say? Honor thy father and thy mother. This is the commandment of the Lord. Joshua 1, 9 says, Have not I commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This morning I just want to encourage you with some words this morning that will help us, because we're we're celebrating Veterans Day, but it also can be a spiritual time for us. As we begin to see some things, but this gives Americans the opportunity to celebrate the bravery and the sacrifice of all the U.S. soldiers throughout the, from, from the time that we became a nation all the way through. And we celebrate those. And there are heroes. And uh, we're not just saying this to make a point. Our men and women in our church, they're heroes. I sat down with Brother LH the other night and I've sat down with Brother Chalk many times and, and, uh, I tell you what, to hear the stories and, and, and to, and to know what God is and how God is real and, uh, how God brought him. Brother LH, when he was coming back home, he got sick. And, uh, they, but you know, he got sick coming back. He may, he, he was okay in the service, but he got sick coming back. <laughs> may, I don't know, maybe a sick in his stomach cause he had to come home. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, but there was a lot of hardships out there and we, we thank God for these men, uh, and I'm not just saying that just to make a point. I I I celebrate these men and women that have served and given their time. Brother J R back there. I mean, you know, it, it's it's another. It's one thing, you know, back 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 then you had to leave and go out of the country and that overseas and different things to to serve. And uh, it's it not like this modern day time era of time that we're in right now. We didn't have all the technology and all the push-button stuff and things that we did. All that they had to go and do a lot of hand-to-hand combat and a lot of these uh, the older wars and things back there. But you know, we we, we thank God for them. We thank God for them, and I, I just want to personally thank all of them for their service because God was with them and God gave them the courage and the strength. And uh, it's been sad. It's been said, and, and, and it's so true. I, I, I saw this other day. It's not the, it's the veteran. It's the veteran. How many, we got veterans here this morning. It's the veteran and not the reporter who's given us freedom of the press. It's not our reporters that give us the freedom of the press. It's our veterans that have fought for that freedom that we have today. It's the veteran and not the poet who's given us the freedom of speech. Because of the freedom of speech, you see a lot of hate speech out there. Because of the freedom of speech that our men fought for and our women fought for. But it's the veteran, not the poet. It's the veteran and not the campus organizer who's given us freedom to assemble. We see all of these riots and all of these things happening today. The freedom is there because of what our men gave to, to preserve the freedom that we have as individuals and American citizens. Amen? Now, it may not be right in what they're doing, but the freedom's there because of what they gave us and allowed us to have. It's the veteran and not the politician who gives you the right to vote. Sometimes you may not like the politicians. But the thing is, it's not the politician, it's the veterans that gave us that right to vote. It's the veteran, Uh uh-oh, and not the preacher. Who gives us the freedom of religion? It's the veteran who fought, gave their lives, and, and sacrificed their time and efforts to give us the freedom of religion to worship God in the way we want to. Thank God for our freedom. How many is thankful for your freedom? Amen. Do you really love your freedom? Yeah. I want to tell you something. We are a free country. We're still free. Because I've been to many other countries, and I want to tell you something. The freedom's not there. That is in our country today. Even though we see it dwindling and see, we see it uh, decaying a little bit, but it doesn't matter. We're still the freest country in the world. And we need to praise God for it. Amen. So uh, it, it, uh, th- this is the definition of a veteran. They gave us the rights. Amen. They gave us the rights. Now, Paul the Apostle was a veteran of the Lord's army. Now, when you get born again, guess what? You're part of an army. You're part of the army of God. That's what Jesus was doing when He when he was getting ready to ascend back to heaven. He was assembling His people together, and He said, Now look, I'm going away, but I'm going to send another Comforter. I'm going to send you more power. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to you. He's going to guide you, direct you, empower you, enable you to do the things that I have done. And Jesus even said this, Greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. And he told the disciples another place, he said, I'm gonna send you another comforter who is the Holy Ghost that's gonna lead you, direct you, and teach you and guide you in all things. This is what God does. So, Paul the Apostle was a veteran. He preached for over 30 years before he was martyred. Now, you know, you you, you need, I'd like to get this embedded in our mind, you know, a lot of these disciples and apostles didn't live very long after they gave their lives to the Lord. Stephen was born again on the day of Pentecost with all the rest of them, you know. And he didn't last too long, but he was stoned to death, the first martyr. And Paul the Apostle was there watching it happen and had somebody hold. He held the coats of the men that were doing the stoning. And therefore, he, he was just as guilty as they were because he was allowing it to happen. But Paul was, was, a, uh, was a murderer to people. That's what Paul was. But how many bad glad for the grace of God that changes a person's life? Paul was changed. And he became a a veteran of the Lord. And uh, as we were reading these scriptures in just a moment, he was nearing the end of his life when he began to write to young Timothy. And uh, 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 he was a young soldier actually preparing for battle himself. Timothy was. Now, you know what? As a young preacher... I was raised up under these great preachers and great men of God, and, and uh, I, I admired them. How many knows you it doesn't hurt to admire somebody? Now, we have admiration for people that serve God and admiration for people that are dedicated and sold out to God and do what God wants. And I, I, I just sit there in awe, you know. I, I get to go with my dad, you know, a lot of places with these preachers, and I sit there in awe. I just sit there with my mouth open, you know, had to shut it. My dad shut it for me a couple of times. And uh, uh, but, but you know I, I mean you, you know you just sit there in awe uh, it, because they're, they're great men of God and great women of God that are there and uh, uh, you know it, it, it's amazing. But the apostle Paul had fought many battles, and these battles had been fought for the Lord Jesus Christ. The one that he persecuted those for, the ones that he killed men and women of God for he began to serve this same lord and he suffered many things that they had to suffer themselves because he was he, he was there he bore the scars from these fights and uh so this is an example of another veteran paul's a veteran of the lord here and he is fighting for the things of god and for what god wants to do and uh, you know I think a lot of these old old preachers and old people that's uh, old old ministries and things you know that's come through the years you know uh, I'd, I'd love to heard some of these people in person. We didn't have the opportunity because we were born in a different generation, but I've read of them, you know. I've read of them. I'd, I'd love uh, John uh, John Wesley, you know, great Methodist evangelist in England. He stood about this tall, you know. He wasn't very big in stature. He was a short man. I, we, the first time I went to England, we was in England and London there, and we went to the Methodist church. There was a Methodist church where he actually preached in, but they had remodeled it and stuff. But it was actually the, the, the original structure was still there. And he had, his house that he lived in was there. It was a little three-story house. It was one of these houses that looked like this, you know. And uh, it's not like a big three-story house that you have around here, They're, you know, big mansions, But it was just a, a just straight up three stories. And uh, we went in there, and I, I remember going in there and going up into that third floor. That was his prayer room, and they still had his altar that he prayed, and it was sitting there by the window. And I, I tell you what, I was just sitting there in awe. I said, "My goodness!" I said, "And you could, you know, I don't know about you, but when you get in something like that, you can feel what that man felt when he prayed, because John Wesley was one of the greatest evangelists that there was." He'd get out on a tree stump, and he'd preach the gospel, and people would get saved. And I went up there, and I, the lady that was showing us around, you know, she kind of turned her back. And I told my wife, I said, stand over there by the door just a minute now. And uh, so I went over there. I said, no, no, don't don't let them come in and stop me now. <laughs> I wanted to kneel on that altar. <laughs> And I wanted to look out that window like John Wesley did and feel what John Wesley felt when he prayed. And i tell you what, I felt something when I knelt on that altar. There's something about the anointing lingers. The anointing lingers. T.L. Osborne had a great meeting crusade in Africa. And there was a man trying to get his wife there to to get healed, and they had already shut down the meeting, and they had already took down everything, and he, someone told he was asking somebody, well, where was the platform? They said, right here, and here's some pieces of the wood. You know what he did? He went over and got his wife, and he just set her down on those pieces of wood, and that same anointing, he called on that same anointing. It wasn't that the wood did it. How many understand what I'm saying? But there's something about the presence of God that had been there, and God instantly gave her a miracle and raised her up. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. There's something about the power of God. We leave a legacy. Every one of us leave a legacy. Every one of us are going to leave a legacy for our children. If we set an example for our children of getting up and studying the Word and praying during the day and praying when there's a crisis that comes up, let's pray about this and see God move, you're going to see children that's going to follow in your footsteps. I believe that. I believe one thing that's lacking in our society today is dedication to God and true consecration to God. Because if we'll do it, we'll see it. What did Joshua say? For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We have to come to that place and be dogmatic about it. Praise God! I mean, be dogmatic about it. You know, used to you know you would uh, people wouldn't think about missing church on Sunday. Amen? Now, I'm not going to preach on church attendance. But how many knows what I'm talking about? I mean, Sunday was a holy day. Kids and all would dress up and want to go to church. Nowadays, I don't want to go. (laughs) Why do I have to go? And our our kids have missed out on the presence of God. Because we have failed to set the standard and set the example so that they'll want the presence of God like we've known. Amen? Like you've known. that. Listen, God hasn't changed. God's power hasn't changed. God's anointing hasn't changed. The presence of God is still just as real today as it was 2,000 years ago. It's the presence of the Lord. And God hasn't changed. And so what we've got to do is understand that we've got some old soldiers out there that still trudging on. Hallelujah. And Paul was one of these soldiers. And, you know, I, I bet some of them are sitting around saying, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I'm going to make it to heaven somehow. Is that how it goes? <laughs> Amen. I, I believe that. I'll tell you something. I, I'm not going to sit down and cry and mope. Because things didn't go my way, I'm going to say, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Because that just means when things are getting tough, that means I'm doing something right. Hallelujah. And, or the devil wouldn't be fighting so hard. But I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Now let's read 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4. This is the verses I want to really share with you this morning. <clears throat> my introductions get long sometimes. <laughs> don't, somebody, don't, 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 don't say amen now. Second Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4. Thou therefore, Paul is talking to Timothy here, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Now I want to just take these four verses here. Four things that a committed soldier in servant of the Lord should do. Number one, if you're going to be a committed soldier, you've got to be strong. You can't be emotionally un- imbalanced. <laughs> Amen? You've got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Our strength comes from God. Our life comes from God. And so we'd be strong in the Lord. And Paul's not telling Timothy here to be strong in the physical strength. That's not what it is. He said uh, it's a requirement for the U.S. military, but it's not a requirement for the army of the Lord. Now, the army in the military, you guys remember that. You had to do those exercises, get those muscles in shape. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of you didn't even know you had some of those muscles, did you? <laughs> I went and worked out one time, and I was working in uh, working out in this uh, place. I'd get up at 4:30 four, four and five, go down to this place. I wanted to be there early so nobody could see me, I, cause I wasn't very strong, you know. And uh, I, I wanted to be able to, to to drop that weight if I had to, you know. And uh, but I, I'd get down there, and this guy'd get me on. He got me on this one machine like this, where you know where you pull out like this and pull out. And I, I went, I can't do it. I'm glad nobody else was there that early. I mean, I was embarrassing myself. He said, now, Paul, I said, I can't. I don't, I don't have no muscles back there. He said, yeah, you've got muscles back there. You just never have used them. You know what God's telling us? Yeah, you've got some spiritual muscles. You just haven't used them yet. We need to get in the spiritual exercise room and begin to work. And after, he helped me there for a while, you know, he'd pull on my arms. And and then one day I was doing it and I said, hey man, put some more weights on there. He said, okay. And I was like, wait a minute, that's too many. (laughs) But strength is important. But it's the strength of God. Amen. It's boot camp. You know, when you went to boot camp, it was meant to strengthen you physically and mentally. Amen. You have to be. You have to. You have to kind of get yourself hyped up and ready for the big day when you're going to be in the battle. So it it, it strengthens you. But Paul tells Timothy here to be strong in what? In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong. In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Grace, the unmerited favor of God. Grace is something you get when you don't deserve it. That's what grace is. But we need to know, we, and we, we sing about how amazing grace really is, and it is. We just sang that song a while ago, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. But God's grace has unmerited favor in uh, with us throughout every stage of life. Throughout, throughout every battle that you face. Whatever you're facing. Listen, you're going to face some battles. The soldiers that went off to war, they prepared in boot camp before they ever went to war. They prepared for the real thing. Now I understand, I don't, I'm not sure how they do this. They have live ammunition that you have to get on your belly and crawl, and yet they have live ammunition going over you in some of those, uh, uh, maneuvers that you're doing through to, you know, you get on your belly and crawl through an area and the, the live ammunition, and if you raise up, you're gonna get hit. It wasn't blanks, it was live. <laughs> but you know, the grace of God gets you through every battle, through every trial, throughout, through every temptation that comes away. It's the grace of God. God's Power and ability in us. What did God tell Paul? My grace is sufficient for thee. My ability is all you need. God's grace. God's grace is able to do anything that you can't do in the natural. Amen? And, we, 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 you know, we have His grace. Paul tells Timothy to be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Grace doesn't come from any other source except through Christ Jesus. Amen? It doesn't come through the power of positive thinking. I mean, today you've got a lot of people saying, if you'll just think positive. No. What you think positive on is the positive Word of God. That positive Word says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can. Do all these things through Christ who strengthens me. And this, this is what the Lord is wanting us to, to, to get a hold of this morning. We're, we're soldiers in the army of the Lord. Amen? We're soldiers in the army of the Lord. Every one of us are. So we've got to have that be strong, be strong, be strong. Look at that verse next to you and say, just be strong. I, I, some, some people say, well, it's easy for you to say. <laughs> You're not going through what I'm going through. But be strong in the Lord. Number two, commit. We have to commit. See, making a commitment involves dedicating yourself to something like a person or a cause. You have to commit to it. If we didn't have committed men and women in our armed services, we wouldn't have the freedom that we have today. They had committed to the fact they were going to protect our Constitution, protect our way of living, protect our life. And, they, they, you know, it's a commitment. It obligates you to do something when you make a commitment. I mean, I've had people come to me in church, well, now, Brother Clarence, I don't want to make a commitment because I may not be able to do it. Well, I'd rather for them to say that than to make a commitment and not do it. Yeah. Amen? I'd rather have somebody say, I don't think I can do it or I'm not going to be able to than to make a commitment and then I'm sitting here waiting. <laughs> but we have to commit to the Lord. It involves dedicating yourself. It obligates you to do something. Some commitments are large like marriage. You know, marriage, you have to make a commitment in marriage. I think everybody's learned that. Amen? You have to make a commitment. That commitment is to, to be the best that you can be as a husband and a wife. And you commit to that, even though when you get home sometimes and he's left all of his dirty clothes on the floor. Now, nobody ever has that problem. None of our ladies have that problem, right? Or when the man comes home and supper's not ready. you got to commit yourself to that marriage. <laughs> you got to commit yourself to that individual and love them in spite of it all. Amen? Amen. Now, we need to straighten up in some areas, go ahead and straighten up. <laughs> be what God's called you to be. Amen? Be the best husband you can be. Be the best wife you can be. Amen. Amen. And be it. But making a commitment involves dedicating yourself to the Lord. But after reading these definitions, uh, you know, where Paul was, uh, you know, saying the grace of God and commit... You know, I I think it's the definition of commit is just pass it on, brother. (laughs) We got to keep passing it on. We commit to the truths of God and pass it on. Pass it on. You know why I enjoy teaching the Word? Because I'm passing on something that God has revealed to me and that I have experienced in my life. I don't teach anything that I haven't experienced. Because you see, it's, uh, if I, if I'm just teaching something that I've never experienced, how would I know what you're going through if you come up to me and say, Brother Clarence, you don't understand what I'm going through? Because I do understand. See, I understand the loss of a loved one. I understand sickness. I understand losing children. I understand the, all of these things because we've been there. I, I, you know, we have felt what you felt. How many knows that that's important, that you can feel, uh, is that what Jesus, I feel the feeling of your infirmities. The, he feels the feeling of our infirmities, our weaknesses, our problems, our inabilities. He feels that. And a, a teacher or a preacher has to be able to feel what you're feeling. I tell you what, when a person loses a loved one, I hurt with them because I've been there. When people are going through sickness with their loved ones or their family and members and their family, I, I I I can I can I, I can I don't want to use the word sympathize, but empathize with them, because I've been there. I know what it is to see someone dwindle down and get weak in their body and come to that point. I saw my big brother, I mean my older brother, my younger brother. He was he was bigger than I was, but I saw him dwindle down nothing but you see the thing is before he got to that point he had accepted the lord as his savior and that was the most important thing in my life and i tell you when he went home he told his he told his family he said i'm ready because i'm saved and he took me in tears in his eyes said my big bubba here he has held on for me and he's been there with me when i was mean to him and showed disrespect to him he did he showed disrespect to me my mother died, and he was in charge. You know, he was in charge. And he wouldn't let me say one word in that funeral. If I did, it would have caused a big ruckus. My brother was one of those kind. He would have started a ruckus. And he would have used his physical strength and power to stop something. That's where he was at that point, at that point. But aren't you know what? You know what? I, I just saw what it was. It was the, it was the enemy. Trying to destroy a relationship between uh, siblings and and the family. And, And I recognize that. And I recognize he was running from God and rebelling against God. I recognize that. And you know what? I just kept on loving on him anyway. I just kept on loving on him. And when I got a call that Saturday morning around 1030 on the phone, and he said, Bubba, he was just sobbing on the phone. I need you. I need you. He said, Kelly's dead. That was his youngest daughter. Kelly's dead. And she had, she had gotten uh, killed in a car wreck early that morning with a couple of other people. The, the young man that was driving lived, but the, the, another young lady uh, was dead also. And, oh, I tell you, he was just sobbing. And I said, where are you? And he said, I'm on my way home now. We just went down to the, uh, to the mortuary and he said, you know, he said, I, I, I'm on my way. He said, I need you, Bubba. <laughs> I need you. And I said, I'll be there. I got my wife, Carol, and we went over there and we stayed all day and all the next day with them at their home and just encouraging them and praying with them. And, but listen, we know what it is to see losses. Listen, listen, Paul knew what it was to see the things that he was talking about to Timothy. And he was saying, endure as a good soldier. Be strong as a good soldier. Let the grace of God be in your life. And this is what it is. Commit. We've got to be committed. Amen. We can pass it on. Hallelujah. Pass on the joy. Pass on the peace. Pass on hope. Faith. Because it's ours. Number three. Endure. Endure. How many knows we've got to endure? That verse says in verse three, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus. Nobody said it'd be easy. I want to tell you something. In this day and time, especially today, it's not an easy thing just to say you're going to be a Christian. We, we need to understand where people are coming from. It's not easy. It's not easy in the flesh, I'm talking about, because of where they've come from and what they've been in. It's not an easy thing today with society the way it is and the mockery that people get. Our kids in school, they get mockery. They're mocked. I remember when I was in school, nobody would mock somebody that was a Christian. Teachers would not allow it. But today, even the teachers mock them. Because it's our society that we're in. But he said, endure hardness as a good soldier. Some some veterans spent days without food and water when they were out doing what they were supposed to do. Some were captured and tortured. Some faced hand-to-hand combat in the battlefields. I mean, listen, these are things that there 's things that happened in in the war that you don 't even know about amen there 's things that happened that you 're not even aware of, but they endured as soldiers soldiers of the lord soldiers of our of our country and through it all they endured and they overcome they won and were victorious and we 're soldiers of the cross we 're soldiers of the cross we may be called upon to endure hardships. Just as many Christians knew it in the past. Some people think, boy, I tell you what, I don't want no persecution. I don't want no persecution. I want to tell you something, if you're going to serve the Lord, you're going to get persecution. And our persecution that we got is nothing compared to what they're getting in other countries. Preachers are having their tongues cut out because they're preaching the gospel. Others are having their ears cut off because they're hearing the gospel. I mean, they they believe in torture and mutilating. Not just necessarily killing them, but mutilating and torturing and making them suffer. But you know what? God's with us. Amen? They endured. And we as soldiers can endure. Some of them. Did you know most of the early church died in just a short time? Did you know all of the main disciples were all martyred except John on the Isle of Patmos? And they tried to kill him. They put him in burning oil and tried to kill him. But he just they just left him out there and finally put him out there all by himself. He said, that's okay. You know, hey, that was the best thing that could ever happen. Because there... On the Lord's day, <laughs> he got caught up, hallelujah, in the Spirit. And he gave us the book of Revelation that we have today for the end time. But he endured hardness. Amen. Other great heroes of the faith. You can look across the sanctuary today. You know, some of us may not have been in the in the armed services, but we're all heroes of faith. We're all heroes of faith. Every one of us. Brady, you're a hero of faith. Amen. Amen. You're still a hero of faith because God looks at you and looks at the heart. See, God looks down inside of us and who we are. Amen. Brother H.V., you're a hero of faith. Amen. And Janie says, Amen. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I want to tell you something. The, the last 55 years of ministry that I've been involved in, that's a long time now. So, whew, i tell you what. I was happy to just make five years in ministry. Fifty-five years been preaching, ministering the word. I don't know how many sermons I preached. <laughs> I don't know how many people I've laid hands on and prayed for. Don't know how, I, 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 I should have probably kept logs. I don't know how many people come to the Lord. I was overseas and had crusades over there and, and literally hundreds and sometimes thousands would come in those cru- You'd go out in those fields and you'd have fifteen, twenty thousand people show up. And, I mean, thousands would respond to the gospel, tears streaming down their face, and God saving them. I I don't have record of all that, but you know what? God's got the record. God keeps a good record up in heaven. Every time you do something, He keeps a good record. And so, you know, we're, we're heroes of faith. Amen? Somebody say, look at that person next to you and say, you're a hero of faith. Amen. You're a hero of faith. Praise God. The lesson we learn in life is this, is found in the uh, words of the old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. Aren't you glad for this this morning? And the final thing is, stay focused. Stay focused. I'm talking, to, I'm talking to you as a soldier of the Lord this morning. Stay focused. Second Timothy 2, verse 4. The old veteran of the cross, Paul, the apostle, told, gives Timothy another piece of advice. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That, what, somebody said, Was that, what does that mean? Does that mean I've got to quit my job? No. You got to make a living. You got to do what you got to do, Amen. But he said, "Don't get involved, uh, entangle yourself with the affairs of, the, of this life." Keep, in other words, stay focused. Yeah. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Don't let the things of this earth hamper you in your faith in God, and hinder you in letting God's peace rule your heart. Amen. Just go forward in the name of the Lord. And I I like what Paul tells the church of Philippi in Philippians three, uh, Philippians three, verses fourteen through seventeen. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. and And if anything yet be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this to you. Nevertheless. Whereto we have already attained, but let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk uh, so as you have us for an example. Uh, follow. In other words, follow the truth. Follow, follow the truth. Let your heart be the umpire in your affairs of life. And let that God of peace rule your heart. And the Word of God, when it's preached, sometimes it you go, ouch. But don't shove it off, but just let God in your heart be the umpire, and He'll begin to reveal the truths of God to you. And you'll begin to see what God's called you to do. Can you say amen? Amen. Look what He said. I press toward the mark in verses 3 14. I press toward the prize of the high calling of God. Uh, let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. If anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this to you. Where uh, Whereto we've already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Be followers together me, and mark them which walk, uh, so as you have for an example. In other words, mark those that don't walk in the things of God. Just mark it down and follow after the truths of God. Hallelujah. Follow after what God is saying. and. Uh, Paul said, "I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. I press." How many knows when you press and you're going forward, you have to press in. How many's ever uh, listen, how, how many's ever been to these uh, Black Friday sales? Oh, yeah. oh dear Lord! I went one time. My wife and enjo- my first wife Carol, before she went on to be with the Lord, I, I don't know if they got shopping up in heaven or not, but uh, she enjoyed shopping. <laughs> And she'd go, I mean, she'd get up at four in the morning and be there at the... Uh, she said, you want to go? I said, no. I said, you just go have fun. <laughs> and I tell you, I did go one time. But I stayed, I stayed far away. Because I want to tell you something. Those women, they are violent. They would... Push them aside. They'd push them forward. they I mean, they, and they would all scramble for the same thing that they was going after. I said, dear Lord, you know, nowadays, you don't have to do that. Just order it online. Avoid all the fights. Amen. <laughs> But we've got to press forward to the prize of the high calling. Nothing, nothing should distract us from following after God. Don't let anything keep you from doing what God's called you. Why? Because Demas, though look what the Bible said about Demas. He's forsaken me. This is what Paul was telling Timothy. Having loved this present world and has departed unto Thessalonica. In other words, Demas couldn't stick it out. He departed from the faith. He departed from the truths of God. He departed from what the Word said. And he went his own way and did it his way. And uh, But we got to be focused. Don't be like Demas. Have a goal. Amen. How many knows that that last part of verse 4 that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier? In other words, we got a goal to please God. One day we're going to hear God say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know what's going to be sad? There's going to be a group of people up there says, Didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we lay hands on the sick? Didn't they recover? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do these good things? And the Lord's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. There's a lot of... Now, don't get me wrong when I say this. We need to do good things for our community and for the people. That's godliness. That's being Christian. That's being what God's called us. But doing good things don't get you to heaven. Doing good things is part of being a child of God because you're going to heaven. And you want to take some people with you. But today's teaching is just do good and you don't have to commit to the Lord. Just do good. We need to do good. If we're committed to God, we're going to do good. We're going to get involved in our community. We're going to get involved in everything that we can do. And we're going to be a light in this dark generation and let God's love shine through us. So Paul tells us these three things. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ. Commit the gospel to others. Endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. And stay focused that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Our whole purpose this morning is to please God. Please Him in all things that we do. Amen. Abraham Lincoln said this. I'm going to give this statement that he said. He was addressing, uh, during the U.S. Civil War, he was a commander-in-chief, of course, of the Union Forces. And it was a great burden, knowing that his orders would put many lives at jeopardy. But one morning, he met with a group of ministers for a prayer breakfast. And the different ministers spoke about the different needs that they must pray for. And one of them said, Mr. President, let us pray that God is on our side. And this is what President Lincoln responded. He said, no, gentlemen, let's pray that we're on God's side. Let's pray that we're on God's side. This morning, what God is saying, what we want to do is... We've got to get on God's side. Amen. And then we're going to be like Paul said, I have fought a good fight. 2 yeah. Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Therefore is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them that love His appearing. Hallelujah. We're soldiers. Everybody say, I'm a soldier. We got a job to do. Our church has a job to do. What we're doing in some of these shoe boxes that's part of the job. Getting the help and get the gospel out. And the word out. And you never know how many of those kids are going to be touched. And how many families, like Pat said, even the families will be touched by what we're doing. I tell you, as we increase our... Whatever we're doing for others that are going, we're part of it. When, we ought, when the rewards are given out, you know what? We're going to get the same reward as those that went forward and those on the front line of it. Amen? Because it's all equal. It's all about Jesus. It's the Lord. But listen, I want to be like old Paul. Brother Hass, I want to be an old soldier one day. And I want somebody to say, now there's a man that had integrity. There's a man that stood the test. There's a man that believed in his God. There's a man that shared with others what God could do. Because God is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. God's faithful. God will do anything we need Him to do. God will heal. God will provide. God will do everything that we need Him to do. If we'll just say, yes, Lord, and say, I, I, Lord. (laughs) Amen. And salute and just get in line with God. Because God's got something for us all to do. Amen? Amen? Oh, let's bow our heads before the Lord this morning. Father, we thank you. We just praise you for the Word. Thank you, God, that your Word's truth. We thank you, Lord, for the Word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, listen. I'll tell you something. God is so good to us. Could we just sing a little bit of that song before we leave this
1: morning? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now...
0: Let's do that course through many dangers, toils, and snares.
1: Through many dangers, toils, And snares I have Already Come We've no Less days To sing God's Praise Than when We first speak. And now the whole reward of it at all is this. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days. To sing God's praise than when we first, as we dismiss this more. could you just stand up and lift your hand and sing this to it with me? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, 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 praise God. 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 And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. We shall wear a crown. We shall wear a crown.